You are listening to the Fantasy Nightcap, a fantasy collective production with your host, Shane. Grab a drink, kick back, and enjoy the show. Welcome into the Fantasy Nightcap. Grab a drink, kick back, and relax. I am your host and bartender for the night, Shane. You can find me on Twitter at FFShaneB. And joining me tonight is the Rotating Tap, better known as Nate Polvote, who you can find on Twitter at JanateJackFF. Nate, how you doing tonight, buddy? Oh, I'm lovely, as always. Get to sit down and talk to you, man. What's better than that? Oh, thank you. Yeah, got some football <laughs> on in the background. Had a great Monday, except for the fact it was cold. But nice. it, it's been cold here too. But to, it's supposed to warm back up a little bit this week, so I am uh, I'm looking forward to that a little bit. I, I like the cold, but it got too cold too quick. Yeah. Oh, I hate I hate the cold. It was almost eighty here yesterday, and we oh, had a high my. of like forty seven today. So, oh yeah, that was us last week. Um, our highs were, were like mid fifties a couple days. I think it was in the forties and it was just like, no, thank you. Yeah, no, no, so. thanks. All right. Well, what are you drinking tonight, sir? Um, whatever I want because I'm a damn adult, but also I'm drinking a Sierra Nevada, big little thing, Imperial IPA and some four roses whiskey. Very so. nice. I have not had the big little thing, <clears throat> but they're hazy little thing is delicious i love that this is uh one of those multi-packs from costco so it's got a six pack of those we've got the torpedoes from sierra nevada another imperial all for under thirty dollars four four six packs very nice yeah i can't complain about that yeah so i am drinking uh heller high mango and i am like pumped because I found this at a tap room here called Hoppin and I loved it. Like I was out with my friend Andrew and he and I, I can't tell you how many we drank that night um, because it was that good, but I couldn't find it anywhere in Greenville. So I actually had Fox ship me a six pack um, a couple months ago. And then I was in Publix for the past two weeks and I was like, oh my God, they have hell or high mango now. Let's go. That's so awesome. I uh, I had to wait till payday though to actually get a six pack, but I love it. It's a uh, it's only four point nine percent alcohol by volume, but it's really good, especially if you like a good fruit uh, wheat ale. So it's one That's, of my favorites, honestly. I might have to look for that. What's the brewing company again? It's Twenty uh, First Amendment Brewery. Twenty First. We ha- we're lucky here. We have some of these like massive liquor stores. Yeah. That have all of the beer you could think of. Any spirit you almost almost any spirit you can think of. Um, so it's, I can generally find beers here. Nice. From- yeah. And their uh, 21st amendment is out of California. So that, oh, that's, clo- that's we'll closer to you. Yeah. You, it is you considerably closer. Yeah. So, all right. You ready to get started? Let's do it. 
Now it is time for our waivers, and Nate, we are doing the same thing that we did the last time, which is the beer types, um, which I find kind of funny since you've got an Imperial IPA and I'm drinking a, a fruit wheat ale, so we've actually kind of covered those with our own uh, drinks. But uh, we'll start with our double IPA this week, um, and we've got two wide receivers who I think are very, very interesting players going forward Uh so I'm going to let you start because I want to hear your case for this one because he's 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 polarizing, I think, in a weird way. So, yeah, my pick's Tim Patrick, Denver Broncos. Um, and here's why. So a lot of this is what we saw yesterday against Dallas on Sunday against Dallas was that Denver actually started stretching the field a little bit more than they had all season. And it turned out to be successful and the catalyst for that was Tim Patrick. He had a couple big plays, um, made some great catches and Bridgewater actually looked confident in what he was doing when he was going to Tim Patrick. They demolished the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. It there was no there was no point in that game that it was close. There was no point in that game where it was like Dallas can win this game. Yeah. Outside of the first quarter. Denver can play like that if they can do two things well. Run the ball. Run the ball. And stretch the field when they need to. And they're going to need Tim Patrick to do that. They don't have the most difficult schedule rest of the season. Um, Got Philly, then the bye, then the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Lions, the Bengals, the Raiders, the Chargers. They finish out with Kansas City at home. In years past, that would have sounded like a much tougher schedule than it actually is going to be for them. Um, I said something on Twitter yesterday where I think there's a scenario in which the Broncos could win out and finish 13 and four. Do I think that's going to happen? No, they're going to slip up in here somewhere. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost one of the two to the Chargers. Yeah. Because I I think the Chargers are going to rebound. But that said, that will be a close game. Tim Patrick, rest of the season, I think you can plan on a touchdown. He's that big play guy, like what we've seen out of Odell Beckham Jr. at points in his career, where, yes, he had three, he only had three catches, but he also had 120 yards and two touchdowns because yeah. he's getting the high value targets. And that's what we're seeing out of Patrick. It's not Cortland Sutton, it's not Jerry Judy. They're being used in more of the shorter scheme. Tried, but when they stretch the field, it's going to be Tim Patrick, it looks like. So you actually just led me into the question I wanted to ask you. Do you think that Jerry Judy helps not only Tim Patrick, but the offense as a whole kind of open up because he is so good at route running and separating that it gives Bridgewater kind of that safety blanket over the middle to allow... So like, if he doesn't have Tim Patrick over the top... He's got Jerry Judy, who he can hit for 10, 15, 9, 8, 7, 12 yards, whatever. And they can move the chains and then move to the next play and, and go to Patrick deep again if they need to. Well, yes, and I think that um, the biggest benefit of having Jerry Judy is now teams are forced to pay attention to another wide receiver. Yep. So it's not just Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. Now you've got to respect Jerry Judy when Fant's back. You've got to respect Fant, another person on this list that you have at some point, Albert Aquabonum, you have to pay attention to. This offense is going to be loaded rest of season. 
getting Judy back for Tim Patrick, huge deal, huge deal. And he's, it was shocking to me when I was looking at his roster percentage. Like, I mean, it's not crazy low 30%, but only on 30% of rosters. Yeah, that's surprising. Um, Cause I feel like after last year, he became kind of a flexible name um, pretty consistently. And uh, so, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think uh, Patrick and Judy help this offense go where they need to go. Um, yep. But the main thing you said is run the ball. Run the ball. Did you yeah. see that stat about Javante Williams today? I did not. So he's got 35 forced broken tackles where he's Ooh. like thrown a guy off, um, stiff-armed, whatever. Yeah. That's more than like 13 other teams have as a team. And he's in a committee. He yeah. leads the league in broken, forced broken Dude, tackles. I predicted it all off season that Melvin Gordon was going to be a giant thorn in Javante Williams owner's sides. But man, I really I, like, I'm ready for Javante to take over this backfield, but I don't know if it's actually going to happen. It probably won't this season. Um, but next season, I don't think Melvin's around. I think they yeah. let him go in free agency because you've got Javante. You don't need to spend the money on Melvin. And I think that's why we're seeing him play so well. He's finally realized I ain't coming back here. I need to get myself a contract. Yeah, definitely. Um, so now that moves on to my double IPA, and that is Mr. Donovan Peoples Jones, DPJ. I love this cat. Um, he is big, he is athletic, he is fast, and Baker trusts him a lot, especially on the deep ball. And I think with Odell out of town, that actually opens up DPJ's role a lot. Um, because, and it's it might be bold to say, but DPJ could easily be the one in this offense for the future because he is that good. Um, and he is only rostered in 22% of 1QB redraft leagues right now. I would easily go scoop him up for at least 20% of your fab because he, to me, is a flex-worthy play each week now with Odell out, and that's his floor. Like, he scored 17 points and had two catches. Two catches, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Kind of like you were saying with Patrick. Um, but I, the, no, no offense, I think Baker's a more capable quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater. I agree so, with you on that. Yeah, and, and I know you do. Um, but I think that is why I would take Bridgewater over Patrick probably rest of season. Um, just because, I, and the way we've seen this offense click with Odell out and DPJ is a focal point, not even a focal point, but just an option. It It's night and day, I think. Um, so, yeah, DPJ is my double IPA. Same brain, man. Because when I came into the show sheet and I saw you'd already put him down, I was like, duh! Well, I, I don't know if you saw my note on the show sheet because I put LOL out to the side of it. Yeah. The last time you and I were <laughs> together as you with you as the rotating tap, you had Donovan Peoples-Jones, I think it is this one. <laughs> I think I probably, you know what I did? And I remember that because I wrote, I had written about him that week for in between media. Yeah. And what's funny is 
he's still, we use ESPN for all yeah. of our stats and he's still only rostered in 5% of leagues and e- in ESPN, Woo! right? Um, which is insane to me. Insane. Cause I wrote about him again this That's- week. Cause I looked at him like, so clearly nobody, well, nobody reads my column <laughs> or they didn't listen to me, <clears throat> but like, you've got to go out and get this man. He's the big play guy. Yeah. <clears throat> Much like Patrick, like you said. Yeah. Well, and I think with Odell out, excuse me, Baker is actually way more efficient and accurate. Um, ironically enough. So I think that means that, DPJ, while being the big play guy, is going to get quality, accurate targets. I mean, Baker dropped the dime in a bucket on the touchdown catch that he had. So, like, yes. he's going to continue to do that with DPJ as the deep threat. So, yeah, I absolutely love love Peoples-Jones. Yeah, this is a better team without OBJ. Yeah, and I, and I hate that because Odell is one of my favorite players, but... Um, it it's just wasn't a fit, unfortunately. Yeah. So let's move on to the IPAs. And I've got Devontae Freeman here. And this one was really tough for me to put down because that backfield is so weird. Like it was Tyson Williams for the first couple of weeks. Then it was Latavius Murray, and then he got hurt. And then it was kind of Lev Bell, but not really. And then you've got Devontae Freeman. So the reason I put Freeman, though, is because they face Miami next week, and Miami's run defense is as bad as – or, yeah, is just bad. Like, I was going to say they were as bad as Dallas's defense last year, um, but I think that's being a little too disrespectful to Miami. Um, so I would be willing to spend a solid chunk of money on Devontae Freeman because he got the most carries – and uh, I believe most yards for running backs out of this backfield last week. And he has a juicy, juicy matchup this week against Miami. So I'd be willing to bid, I'd say probably 17% of fab. He's only rostered in 25% of sleeper leagues. Uh, so I'm taking a shot on Devonte being the guy this week again and, and having a solid performance. I really like this call. Um, Especially because if you look, so if you look at his last three games, he had 11 points against the Chargers. He had 13 points against Cincinnati. Then he had 16 points this week against Minnesota. But what I really love to see is the targets. Mm-hmm. He had, I mean, he only had two against the Chargers, still eked out 11 points, but he had three targets, three catches against Cincy, three targets, two catches against Minnesota. Um, and it's consistent. Like we're seeing that yeah. he's consistently, and he's not like, he's not getting a ton of carries because Lamar Jackson, but he's the one who's yeah. getting them and he's getting red zone opportunity. And yep. he, and he's got the PPR upside where you're going to get points for, I mean, you're going to, you can guarantee two to three points a week, at least just in receptions. Yep. So. Yep. Completely agree. Who is your IPA? I'm, I like this one a lot. Jordan Howard. Uh, Go Blazers. Is it 2019? <laughs> 2018. Is it 2018? But so 
the two weeks he's been off of the practice squad, uh, he has scored 17 and 13 points. He had two touchdowns against Detroit, another touchdown against the Chargers. Coming up, I mean, they've got Denver, who's been decent-ish against the run this year, not as good as we expected. But then New Orleans, and they've got the Giants, they've got the Jets. New Orleans has been pretty stingy against the run. But they've been better against the pass. Okay. And Jalen Hurts cannot throw the ball in that offense. I don't know if it's a receiver issue. I don't know if it's a Jalen Hurts issue. I don't know if it's a Nick Sirianni issue. But whatever it is, I mean, dude, 16. He's throwing the ball 16 to 18 to 20 max 20 times a game that yeah. the majority of their play is on the ground. Yeah. And obviously this coaching staff doesn't like miles Sanders and he's on IR and they're showing they're going with basically a three headed attack, but Jordan Howard is the guy who's getting a lot of the quality touches. Boston Scott's not getting anything, which makes me sad because I really wanted him to, me too. but and he's Kenny not Gainwell RIP. Yeah. Yeah. Kenny Gainwell. I just, Jordan Howard's the guy who's going to get the tutties in this offense. Yep. And on a run first team, you want the guy that's going to get the red zone opportunities. And that's Jordan Howard. Yep. Completely agree. Love this call. I hate it. I hated it, but it had to be said. No, I, it may uh, uh, like, I get why you hate it, but it makes a lot of sense because of that, that touchdown. Upside. Yeah, Yeah. Upside. Like it's there clearly. Um, and for someone that you're picking up off waivers, that's a solid flex play. Depending on the week, maybe an RB two week. Um, if he, depending on how many touchdowns he gets, and it's not unlikely for him to get multiple touchdowns in a game. So, right, I'm I'm cool with it. All right, these next two for our Pilsner are very different, in my opinion. Um, but I like them both. I want you to start because I, I want to hear your case for Lazard. Well, you just gave it away. I didn't even get to announce him. Jeez. Last time I come on this show. I'm kidding. I'll I, see you in three weeks. weeks. Yeah. You know. I mean. <laughs> so uh, Alan Lazard, they, they can't just throw the ball to Devontae Adams. Tunyon's done for the year. I don't know what happened to Aaron Jones the last few weeks, but he just like, it's not been great. I mean, they didn't lean on him with Jordan love on Sunday, which I just shocked me. Yeah. I, f- I don't know. Sometimes LaFleur outsmarts himself, I think. And he, uh, he does. And I think this was the game. Like it usually happens probably once or twice a year. And this was one of those times where he just completely outsmarted himself. Yeah, well, and I think so. Lazard's a he's a big target. I mean, he's currently the wide receiver sixty nine in PPR, which nice. isn't gr- it, nice. Which isn't great, but at this point in the season, like when we're talking waiver wire stuff, people have to understand. Like when we write it or we're talking, these are players you should pick up. I'm not saying that Alan Lazard is going to get you twenty points a game. I'm not even saying he's going to get you fifteen points a game. I'm not even guaranteeing you he's going to get you 10 points a game. What I am guaranteeing you is if you're needing a wide receiver on waivers, Alan Lazard is one of the better options out there that is 
affordable and attainable because DPJ, everyone's after Donovan Peoples Jones. Everybody is after him. Anybody who needs a running back, which is everybody are after guys like Devonte Freeman and uh, Jordan Howard. Howard. Alan Lazard is a guy that not a ton of people are going to be after, but he has enough upside. I mean, we, he's had a game with he had a game where he had 17 points against Washington. He had five catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. He had a touchdown against Chicago. Um, he didn't look great against Kansas City, but he still amassed nine points. And again, that was with Jordan Love. <laughs> with Jordan Love. I mean, if you look at their schedule the rest of the way, they've got Seattle, Minnesota, then the Rams, not a great matchup there. Bye, but then they've got Chicago. Actually, the Rams matchup could be kind of juicy for Lazard specifically because oh, Ramsey's going to be on Adams most likely. It could. It could. You're right. Um, then they've got Chicago, Baltimore, which has been uh, middle of the road against all things offense. Again, same thing, though, because Humphrey should cover Adams in that game. Yeah, I mean, I really honestly, I like almost all. I like all of these matchups. Um, Cleveland, I don't know that I love that matchup. That one will be rough. But Minnesota, I think that's a good matchup. And then they finish the season. Well, who cares about week 18 for fantasy? But he's a guy I think you, I mean, you're going to get a reliable output from him at this point in this offense. Um, Marquez Valdez Scantling, they keep trying to use him and he keeps making mistakes. I think at a certain point, he will because have he himself has out. brick hands. You and have Seth. you ever seen the man try to catch? Yes, it's like watching and kill Harry try and run a route. It's it's like this. I swear yes. to God. And for those of you that can't see me, my fists are completely closed, and I'm trying to basically catch with my fists closed. It's not possible. He's right. got brick hands. Yeah, Lazard. I just think is is the second. I mean, well, realistically, he's the third best receiving option in this offense. And we'll see Aaron Jones with Aaron Rodgers. We'll see more Aaron Jones. But yeah. Lazard's the wide receiver, too. Yeah. And he's rostered in like 15% of leagues on sleeper. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I like that call a lot, especially with like thinking about the matchups of like the Rams. The Ravens, Chicago, even uh, Justin Wright tweeted out earlier this week how if the Bears' top corner is on Deontay, then Claypool should have a pretty decent game because the second corner is not worth his salt. Um, so that to me also screams a Lazard game. Um, and Rogers, <laughs> Rogers owns the Bears. And uh, mm-hmm. I think Lazard is included in that. So, yeah, I like this call a lot, especially with your explanation. So my guy, do you want to announce it since I took your announcement? I do. It's Elijah Moore. Yeah. Rookie so, out of Ole Miss. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, he's, uh, he's a bit higher on the roster ship percentage with 41%. Um, and, but I do like to keep it below 50. So he qualified. And the reason I'm putting him on here is because this week he actually had, I mean, he had two touchdowns, but just a a really good game in general. And that's his second week in a row. Wilson is out for at least another week, if not two to three more from what I recall and have seen 
So he's got a connection with Mike White because last week he, or yeah, the week before they played on Thursday night this week, he had a decent game with Mike White at quarterback as well. So Elijah Moore is one of those guys where if you go get him, uh, he has the upside to score 25 points, um, which he did this week. So I, yeah, I love, and I loved him pre-draft. I, I really thought he was going to be a great piece in Dynasty for Zach Wilson and the Jets in general. I still think he will be. I still think Wilson has – people are I've, – I've seen people that are out on Wilson are like, Mike White should start, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're stupid. Um, but, uh, yeah, Elijah Moore is my guy, and I'd be willing to bid – I'd probably go to the top end of this with 15%. Yeah, I mean, he really came on week seven against New England. Um, but, oh, dude, against Indy, 60% snap share, eight catches, or eight, seven catches, eight targets, 84 yards, and the two touchdowns. And I believe that can continue. I don't like Zach Wilson as a quarterback for a couple reasons. Um, I don't like BYU quarterbacks. They tend to not succeed in the NFL because of the weird system that they run in BYU. I think this is going to turn out to be a Josh Rosen situation where in like three or four years, we're like, where's Zach Wilson again? Cause I honestly, is he in Tampa Bay still? Josh Rosen is in Atlanta. I think he's in Atlanta. That sounds right. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Um, yes. And I do think Mike white is actually a pretty good quarterback. And I think he's a better quarterback for that system. than Zach Wilson is. I think we see it where Elijah Moore looked better with him. Corey Davis looked better. Michael Carter, Ty Johnson. And I know there was a knock on white that, you know, he didn't have a target over 15 yards. Who cares? But I don't care. Who cares? I don't care as long as he's moving the ball and that'll come at a certain point once he's been in long enough. But I think he elevates this entire offense for fantasy. Yep. I mean, the dude, you can't ignore the fact that he had over 400 yards passing in his first NFL start. Yeah. He completed 37. He completed 37 passes, which is an NFL record for a quarterback's first start. Elijah Moore, and regardless, Elijah Moore is going to be very good. He's better, faster when it's Mike White. Yep. But I like this call. He's someone you want to get on your roster. Yep. Completely agree. All right, so in homage to me drinking my uh, fruit wheat ale, um, we are going to do our wheat bids now. And uh, I went quarterback with Trevor Simeon. Uh, He looked – now, I know it's Atlanta, and Atlanta is not great. Um, But he he looked decent last week. Um, And if he can operate that offense like Peyton needs him to, then I'm willing to throw like he's a streaming option for me in one QB leagues. Like if you're constantly picking someone up off the waiver wire to start at QB, um, he's a guy I'd be willing to take a shot on. Um, matchup dependent probably, but he got the job done, got 17, 18 points. Um, if I remember correctly. So I'd be willing to throw five to ten percent at him this week if I need a, a streaming option, especially if my starter is out this week because of buy. So he's not really much to add to that other than if you're streaming QBs in one QB leagues, Simeon's an option that I would be willing to take. Yeah, I agree with you. I know he's not going to be anything amazing. No, but I'm a big I'm a Trevor Simeon fan. 
because his days in Denver and the poor dude got, he just got screwed. Yeah, he really did. I really truly believe he just, he hasn't had a good team. Like when then he went to the jets and got his knee blown out. God, that was awful. Dude. I, I was saw, watching I watched that. that happen. Yep. Me too. <laughs> I was in a, I was in a hospital waiting room and I looked up at the TV. I'm like, Oh, his season is over. Yeah. It is over, yeah. over. Uh, but I just I want to see the guy succeed. <clears throat> but it's hard because they don't have out of side of Alvin Kamara, Deontay Harris, Marcus Callaway, Traquan Smith. They don't have Adam them. Troutman, Jawan Johnson. Yeah, his ceilings his ceilings pretty low. Yeah, but his floor is pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, and at this point, if you're going after a quarterback, you are in trouble. Yeah, this point in the season, so. No, completely agree. Who is your wheat bid, sir? Ramondre. I like this one. Stevenson. I love Ramondre Stevenson. It's funny. I wrote a um, rookie piece on him for, oh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was, oh, that was an IBT one. I did a couple of rookie pieces for like guest pieces. Um, but I wrote about him for in between media and the more I learned about him, the more impressed I was with like his running style and like what his real true ceiling in the NFL is because he's a big bruising back, but he can catch the ball mm-hmm. and he's nimble. So he can do he, like an Adrian Peterson earlier in his career where he could beat you outside. He could get off the corner and get downfield, but he could also pound it up the middle, but then he can also catch the ball. Um, or like kind of similar to Michael Carter, I think too. That's not a bad comparison. But Michael Carter is much smaller. <laughs> yes, Michael Carter is considerably smaller. Uh, roughly like three inches smaller. <laughs> At least. And about 25 pounds. I was going to say um, 50. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, it's a matter of time before Stevenson gets more involved in this offense. Yeah, and I think we've kind of seen it too. Like it's starting. Well, and like, uh, well against Carolina – it's crazy. 27% snap share. So like he probably didn't get much work. He had 10 carries for 62 yards, two targets, two catches, 44 yards receiving. When he's active, he, he going forward, he is going to be someone that is going to consistently, you're going to be able to get points. Yeah. It's not always going to be amazing, but I mean, it, like last week, this, this past week, most people would have killed to have his 12.6 points that they weren't getting out of guys. They had no choice but to start. Yeah, because week Chase nine was Edmonds, weird. He went down. Yes. Yes, it was one of the strangest weeks of football I've ever watched in my life. I Every game, every time we were flipping channels or looking at the different TVs, like, what yeah, it, is happening? It was weird. But, I mean, it, I mean, and really, like, you're not going to have a ton of people competing – with you to get Ramondre Stevenson. He's 14% rostered in ESPN or in sleeper. My bad. Um, in sleeper. He's going to be cheap. Yep. And that is why he is your wheat bid of five to 10%. So I like that a lot. Ooh. All right, let's move on to our logger and uh, I'm going to let you, <laughs> we'll call this the uh, challenging name logger. And uh, I'm going to let you lead off with yours. <laughs> 
Well, it's funny because this is another one where you picked my guy. <laughs> Oops. Um, <clears throat> so Olamide Zacchaeus of the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not spending a ton on getting him because there's too much in the air and that off up in the air in that offense. Matt Ryan's been a roller coaster. Calvin Ridley's gone. We don't know what's going on with that. Corderell Patterson is Corderell Patterson. Kyle Pitts, like we keep waiting, like what's Kyle Pitts going to turn into? And every week has been different. We thought we had a major breakout and then we didn't. But what we saw on Sunday is that Olamide Zacchaeus is someone that Matt Ryan trusts on the deep ball. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do it often because he's not capable, as capable as he used to be with it. But his average depth of target on Sunday was 23.1 yards. Ooh. Yes. He had three targets, caught all three, 58 yards, 19.33 yards per catch, and two touchdowns. Lit. He was their big play. He was their big play guy. Now, is this going to happen every week? No. No. Because I don't think this that is, offense is capable. Um, Next week against Dallas, I wouldn't be playing him. But I'd probably roll him out against New England. Definitely against Jacksonville. Um, Tampa Bay's secondary still not exceptional. And then he's got Carolina, San Francisco, Detroit. That's not a terrible schedule. Now, I'm not saying that those are games that Atlanta's going to win because they're not going to win a lot of those games but the matchup is there yeah where and it was so funny with the ridley news heading into this past week nine everybody's like okay it's good is it going to be gauge or is it going to be pits it's going to be gauge or is it going to be pits and it was Zacchaeus. and i had the thought i was like it might be zacchaeus because he's the downfield guy pits is the intermediate Russell Gage is more of a short to intermediate guy, but you don't see him run a lot of deep routes. Zacchaeus is a guy who even last season we were seeing get some of those deep targets, even with Julio Jones healthy. So why not now? You need it. Calvin Ridley's gone. And if Gage and Pitts aren't going to be that guy. Yep. Why not Zacchaeus? No, I absolutely love this call. Um because we've seen the funny thing is we've actually seen Gage too kind of step up as the wide receiver two role. So if you're looking at Gage as the one or Pitts as target one, Gage as target two, Zacchaeus as target three, which is what Gage kind of was last year, like that opens up a lot of potential, I think, for Zacchaeus. So I actually love this call. All right. Well, and he's speedy, and if he's working against a third cornerback. Yeah. Yep. Totally. So mine, and I'm going to try and pronounce this. You said it earlier, and I was highly impressed, is Albert Okwegbenum. I think it was close. Yes. We'll stick with Albert O. The way, I, the way, the way that I say it is wrong, too. Okay. So, Well, I tried. Um, Albert O., uh, Noah Fant was out this week. I don't know what the status of his injury is, but... It was the COVID list. It was the COVID list? Okay. He tested positive on Sunday. The thing is, is like Albert O is also coming back off of injury and has had a couple of mediocre-ish games um, with like six to eight points, depending on your scoring. But I think his athleticism 
offers a ton of upside. Again, tight end, like we've talked about this throughout the season, tight end is a wasteland. And Albert O gives you that kind of touchdown upside that you're looking for, especially if you're streaming tight ends. If it's like we're in the middle of bye week season, like Albert O is a guy that I'd be willing to throw zero to 5% on and uh, have a crack at it in my starting lineup if my starting tight end's out. Because like we talked about earlier, Jerry Judy opens up this offense really, really well, and that gives Albert O opportunities. So... Well, and like you said, he's a big athletic tight end. I loved him initially because of his connection with Drew Locke. Yeah, me too. Obviously, that's not a thing that matters, but the athleticism is still there. He's a ta- he's a talented tight end, and he plays more like a wide receiver than a tight end mm-hmm. most of the time. Uh, you've seen him line up in the slot. We've seen him out wide. Um, we've seen him in the backfield as a fullback a couple times. Uh, they're going to use him, and as long as he's healthy. And I have questions about Noah Fant, man. I love the guy, you but like I just both. don't, I just don't know if, what his longevity in this league is as a relevant tight end. Um, he I has problems staying on the field for whatever reason. I also don't know so, if he fits this offense. I think he did when they drafted him, but I don't think he does now. Yeah, I think yeah. I love this call. Um, you should. I have him rostered. Everywhere in Dynasty. Yeah. Everywhere. All over the place. What, so Mike Dim- yeah, it's his, this is his second year. Yeah. And he's been so he's been hurt or out of the lineup a bit too. Um but that kinda ha- like well, he's just a big person. So like that kinda happens every now and again with those big athletic tight ends. Like they get knocks here and there and it knocks mm-hmm. him out. So I, I think long term though, he he'll be awesome. Yeah. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Fantasy Nightcap. Nate, before we rock and roll out of here, where can people find you? What are you working on and what else would you like to plug, sir? Ooh, so, yeah, at Janate Jack FF on Twitter, uh, you can find my weekly Tuesday column on In Between Media, Family Football, and this adventure we call life. I've got a Monday column that comes out with at the lateral FF on Twitter, where I write about just three things I took away from the weekend. As you know, Shane, I write intermittently, not as often as I started the season because writing dynasty every week is just pointless. Um, I've learned (laughs) I had a great, like I was like, yeah, I'm going to write a dynasty column every week. And it's like, there isn't enough to talk about dynasty specific every week. So um, yeah, I'm writing over at the collective Shane and I are working on a rookie review. I'm doing some work with uh, Brad bull over at NFL lab network. Um, We've got some cool stuff going on over there. He has a every couple week pod where he talks strictly Panthers um, and not fantasy. Actually, it's just like football strategy. It's pretty sweet. Nice. And then, of course, the most important thing that I do is with my wife, Jennifer Louise Paul Vogt. Um, 32 wow, and 32 fantasy name. football. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a good thing she never listens to anything I do. Um, yeah, we do. We've got a podcast. We've got uh, our waiver wire show on YouTube came out today with uh, Dave Cruz, where he kind of gives you everything you need to know about the waiver wires. And then we talk basically start sit stuff. 
and it's fun and it's awesome. And I get to do that with my wife. So awesome. And that's it. That those, those those are the few things I have. Just, just a couple, just a couple, just a couple. Um, I love that. Love, uh, love all the work that you put out and greatly appreciate you being a part of the collective. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at FF underscore collective. That is K O L L E C T I V. The website is www.ffcollective.com. You can follow the show at Fantasy Nightcap, where you will get all of the uh, Nightcap episodes as well as collective knowledge for the audio only version. Um, That typically comes out on Monday when I remember to post it. Uh, We're not going to talk about that. But you can also follow me on Twitter at FFShaneB. And this is the Fantasy Nightcap, where we serve you fantasy advice straight. New Chaser. Cheers. Cheers.